This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. How are you doing, everyone? Hopefully you had a good weekend and are all set and ready to go for the new week. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Bill C-234 will likely dominate discussion on the ag side of politics as MPs return to work following the holiday break. Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, provided his thoughts on the Canada-UK trade spat, among other things, during the latest roundtable. A mystery chickpea disease highlighted a Sask Pulse Growers meeting, and a brand new livestock judging event was held over the weekend in Saskatoon. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up first is Bill 234 and what to expect now that MPs are back in Ottawa. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. MPs and Senators are back in Ottawa today after the holiday break. On the agriculture side of politics, Bill 234 will likely be a dominant topic again. Federal Tory Ag critic John Barlow has heard the question of what will happen to the bill from people in his Alberta constituency. He knows farmers are fed up. Uh, If the Liberal government continues to uh, expect farmers to continue to do business under more punitive and punishing uh, regulatory regime, red tape, and, and carbon taxes, there's a point, there's a breaking point for, for anyone, but certainly with farmers where, um, you know, they're being asked to not only feed Canadians but help feed the world, um, but the Liberals are taking away every tool that they need to accomplish that, and, and uh, you know, their mental health and financial health can only take so much. The author of Bill C-234, Ontario Tory MP Ben Lobb, spoke with reporters ahead of today's resumption of Parliament. Lobb was asked if he's confident the bill will once again have an easy time in the House of Commons. That's a great question. We'll have to see uh, what the other parties are planning on doing. My estimation is is that the bloc and the NDP and the Green Party will continue to support it. Uh, It's pretty rare that a private member's bill gets sent back. From the Senate, uh, there's just a few times in the last 10 years or more that that's actually happened, so we'll see how it goes. Did the service plan to accept the amendments the Senate made to it? <clears throat> no, that's another procedural thing uh, everybody would be interested in, and so there's an opportunity for the, I guess you'd call it the author of the private member's bill to reject those amendments, and so I did that last week or two weeks ago and filed it. So when it's brought up tomorrow for debate, first thing in the morning, it'll be like it was two years ago in its original form. Meanwhile, Senator David Wells, the sponsor of the bill in the upper chamber, suggested support for the bill by the NDP in the House House of Commons may not be as strong as in the past. 
I hope that rational debate occurs, and I hope that the House uh, sticks with what it had in the first uh, when it when it was first introduced in the House. So I hope the NDP holds firm, but I'm not uh, I'm not certain they will. Again, Bill C-234 is expected to make it onto the table in the Commons today. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is one other political issue that's dominating headlines recently, in addition to Bill C-234. That's the Canada-United Kingdom trade spat. The negotiations for a bilateral deal have been on pause since on Thursday when the UK decided to pause the talks. We're going to hear the thoughts of Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, and what he thinks about the latest developments. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this. We're back with SaskAg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. The United Kingdom broke off free trade negotiations with Canada last week after Ottawa decided not to extend two temporary measures put in place after Brexit. It was the first topic of discussion on Friday's SaskAgToday.com's roundtable. Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch offered his thoughts on it. It's uh, This hormone in Canadian beef has been a long-standing uh, trade irritant and it's interesting, in my understanding is that this is still uh, a problem in the rest of Europe because we have a Canada-European uh, trade deal. Uh, you know, the United Kingdom pulled out of, of that because, uh, because of Brexit. But the same problem exists. We ship very little beef to, to Europe. They actually ship more beef back because they, they basically don't... Uh, uh, recognize our sanitary standards. So this has been a, a long, long-standing issue, and it, it's good to see uh, that uh, Canada is treating it seriously and not acquiescing on this. Uh, if we're going to get a trade deal with uh, with uh, the United Kingdom, it should be the the right trade deal and and not a status quo deal that uh, continues to discriminate against Canadian beef. But he says taking the UK to the World Trade Organization over the issue probably isn't worth it. Trade litigation, unfortunately, though, if uh, other past uh, cases or any guide would probably be a process that would take years. So it certainly wouldn't be a quick resolution. Also last week, Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt announced that the province would freeze crown land grazing rates for 2024 and that over $6 million was being earmarked for funding livestock and forage research. Hirsch was glad to hear it. With the ongoing dryness concerns, it it will be uh, good news for producers at Brent Crown Land that those rates are again frozen. The research funding, is it's typical for this time of year. The the ones that are crop-related are announced during crop production show, and the ones that are beef cattle related are announced at the beef trade conference. So uh, it uh, it's an ongoing thing announced every year, but it, it's great to see some worthy projects get funding. The Wheat Growers Convention was scheduled to be held last week in Regina, but it was cancelled. Hirsch thinks delegates might have wanted a warmer climate for the gathering. Way back when I can remember the wheat growers getting in a, a lot of... Uh, trouble it was during a time of really depressed farm returns and they decided they were it was cheaper to go to a southern location than it was to hold it on the prairies but they they were in for a lot of uh, 
a lot of criticism at that time, but I believe that other wheat grower conventions in recent times have been held out of the country, looking at port terminals and, and trading issues and, and, and have been at a more exotic location. Uh, nothing against Regina, but uh, it's, in, the, in the middle of winter, you better have a good program if you want to drag people out. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association met last week and voted to raise their checkoff. Hirsch offers his opinion on that. Well, it hasn't been raised in a long time and costs continue to go up. You know, they, you can vote for this at a, an annual meeting, and but I believe that similar to the crop commissions, any increase in levy will still have to be approved by Agri-Food Council. But unless there's a pushback by a lot of producers, I expect this uh, this uh, levy increase will be approved. I, I believe it, uh, it goes up by a dollar fifty per head to three fifty, and that's that's the provincial portion. I believe there's some checkoff money that goes to the feds that's over and above that. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com. Coming up next on the other side of the break is today's ag review with Doug Falconer. He'll give us the latest ag headlines happening around the world. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after these messages. You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and Migraine Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. One week after hitting their lowest prices since last November, a bounce back in United States wheat futures helped raise Western Canadian wheat bids for the week ended Thursday. The relatively low prices created some interest in the export market. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reported net wheat export sales of 451,400 metric tons in its weekly report on Thursday, down 36% from the previous week but up 45% from the four-week average. Recent severe cold weather in the northwestern U.S. plains may have also caused some crop damage. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada released its first projections for the 2024-25 marketing year last Monday. They forecasted a 3% decline in non-Durham wheat acres at 8.248 million hectares, while Durham area was steady at 2.477 million. However, total wheat production is expected to increase to 33.3 million metric tons, as well as total wheat carryout to 4.2 million. CN and CPKC rail supplied a combined 59% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 25, a steep decline from the 88% order fulfillment performance seen in week 24. The decline in performance reflects a significant decline in performance for each of CN and CP. In supplying 54% of cars ordered by shippers in week 25, CN saw performance dip from the 85% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 24. CN performance remains below the 90% performance threshold for the third straight week. For CN, this represents the worst one-week performance seen since week 22 of the prior grain year in December of 2022. 
CPKC performance also declined steeply, with the railway supplying 65% of shipper orders in week 25, down from the 91% order fulfillment performance posted in week 24. CPKC performance falls below the 90% threshold for the first time in 14 weeks. For CPKC, this represents the worst one-week performance since week 30 of the prior grain year in February of 2023. Rogers Sugar says it's reached a tentative deal with the union representing striking workers from its Vancouver refinery. The workers walked off the job on September 28th. The statement from Rogers contained no details as to what the tentative agreement contained. In September, the union said it would not entertain continuous shifting and running the refinery 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A September 25th news release said the union was also seeking increases in benefits and protection from inflation and rising costs of living, among other demands. The strike, which sparked sugar shortages for businesses like bakeries and Western Canadian grocery stores, led the Alberta sugar beet growers to call for a national domestic sugar policy to shift focus to homegrown sugar beet production. The group said its growers produce only 8% of the sugar sold in Canada, while the remainder is imported cane sugar. Both Fraser Valley Hop Farms and its director have been ordered to pay more than $1 million over an alleged fraud. A B.C. Securities Commission panel described the fraud as nearing the most serious type of fraud possible in an investment context. A statement from the commission says Director Alexander William Bridges spent nearly $500,000 on expenses for personal or otherwise illegitimate use while controlling the company's bank account. The statement says investors had been told their money would be used for operating expenses on a 125-acre farm growing hops for the craft brewing industry. The French government dropped plans to gradually reduce state subsidies on agricultural diesel, but that seems not enough for angry farmers surrounding Paris and still threatening to converge on the capital in their tractors. After two weeks of protests that have spread across France, with irate farmers on Friday blocking a major highway out of Paris, Prime Minister Gabriel Attal announced a series of measures to ease financial and administrative pressure on farmers. Attal also announced a raft of other steps designed to quell the unrest that has seen farmers spray manure over a public building and supermarket, dump hay bales in highways, and empty the contents of trucks carrying fresh produce from neighboring countries. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, what's the forecast going to look like for this week? What can we expect? 
what we can expect is exactly what we've seen and we'll continue to see it not only stay mild, but uh, get even milder over the next few days. We're, I hate to say we're struggling to warm up today because we're still above freezing at peak this afternoon. We're just coming out of the morning or not. Uh, we're going to get there. There will be around two at least. There is the potential, the wind showing signs of turning more southerly. If it can really do so in the next hour or so, we'll jump a little higher. But at the very least, two degrees will do it for us this afternoon. Wind going from west to south to southwest, 10 to 20. Mainly clear sky tonight with a low of minus 5. And tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high near 7. Just like today, some indications that we could easily jump that just because it is the end of January, I tend to watch these higher numbers with a with a uh, careful lens. It's possible. But we'll go with the more likely number, which is seven. Just like Wednesday, it's possible we go higher, but the likely number is four. We may go six or seven. Either way, we're very mild for this time of year. And little or no weather impacts. The biggest concern each night will be some fog settling in. Little or no cloud cover otherwise. We'll keep this pattern right on through uh, Thursday, Friday. Plenty of sunshine, temperatures staying in the low to mid single digits each day with that potential to go a little warmer. The peak of this, though, is the middle of the week. We start to trend back down toward the weekend. Not cold, just not as warm. And we'll start bringing a little bit of cloud cover as well. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs for this time of year, minus 10 degrees. The normal lows, minus 22 the sun rose in Regina at 8.38 this morning, and the sun will set at around quarter to six this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, relatively warm, Saskatoon, minus five. Everyone else is either at zero or above zero. Swift Current, eight degrees, Assiniboia, four, Yorkton and Melville, and Estevan, two. Mooseman is at zero, and Weyburn, plus one. The hot spot in the province is in Maple Creek at 12.1 degrees. Cold spot is in the community of Scott at minus 4.7. In Regina, it is a sunny sky, northwest wind at 12 kilometers an hour. Uh, humidity is at 78%, temperature 0 or 32 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.5 and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, it is also a sunny sky, west wind at 9, temperature 6 degrees. Again in Regina, sunshine, northwest wind at 12 Temperature zero degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Some call it a mystery chickpea disease, while researchers refer to it as an emerging health issue. The problem surfaced in 2019 in the Gravelberg, Assiniboia, and Coronac regions of southern Saskatchewan. It reappeared again the following year. Both those years featured early dry conditions followed by a big dump of rain. Chickpea plants had a lot of chlorosis, wilting, and some plant die-off. Michelle Hubbard is a plant pathology research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada and Swift Current. She made a presentation at a Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Regional Meeting on Tuesday. My main conclusion is the mystery persists. We still don't have a good explanation. But we are learning some interesting things about chickpeas in general. 
and things that even if they don't solve this issue could be useful to know. And some merit further explanation, like drought, the impact of verticillium dalli, especially in hot conditions. What, if any, role do these nematodes play? Are there other nematodes that we don't know about in chickpeas in Saskatchewan? How do different chickpea varieties respond to drought or to nematodes or to the chickpea emerging health issue? And then interactions between factors. Hubbard says the disease has not spread very much over the past three years. I wouldn't say it's spreading rapidly. It's most localized in the southwest of Saskatchewan, like around Assiniboia and Cornac. And we have seen some fields in this area, but I don't think it's spreading at all. Like, I don't think it's in the last couple of years, it's not like it's expanding. It may be expanded a little bit between 2019 and 20, but I don't feel like it's spreading or in the last couple of years, it's been mild. There have been reports of the mystery chickpea disease in other parts of the world. Definitely in the U.S., just south of us, that there's no good explanation, but it has shown up, including sometimes in greenhouse trials in autoclave soil, but similar to us, nothing really reproducible. And I've also been in contact with researchers in Australia and heard some reports of it there. But no clear solutions have come out of that, just that the mystery exists in other places. Research will continue to study soils and plant samples. The heavy metals we haven't tested yet, but that's something I think we could look at. Or maybe changes in solubility of aluminum or something to do with pH. That's it's a possibility. We have looked at nutrient analysis in the chickpea residue themselves and a lot of different soil testings, like salinity and pH, and found nothing with any of those. And we do, we have one more year where Jeff Shano is going to do nutrient analysis, comparing the chickpeas from healthy and unhealthy fields from the 2023 season, and we're still waiting for the results on that. Michelle Hubbard is a plant pathology research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at Swift Current. She spoke to Pulse producers about the latest research about a so-called mystery disease in chickpeas south of the Trans-Canada Highway. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. On the other side of the break, we'll tell you a little bit about a new judging livestock event that happened in Saskatoon over the weekend. We'll tell you more about it right after these messages. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatoon's Prairieland Park hosted a brand new event on the weekend, Dare to Judge, featured several species of livestock, which were judged by junior, intermediate, and senior 4-H members. There was also a separate intercollegiate competition featuring teams from the University of Guelph, the University of Alberta, and the host University of Saskatchewan judging team. Chase Bruno from Outlook placed first in the intercollegiate competition, talks about the University of Saskatchewan judging team. 
We take part in competitions across Canada, so uh, we do competitions at uh, Agribition would be the main one, and then we uh, go to different uh, universities and colleges like Lakeland and uh, Guelph has a competition and ours here. So basically the university judging team is just, we get together, we learn how to evaluate cattle and learn how to do public speaking, learn and grow our knowledge and about the cattle and different types of livestock. The University of Saskatchewan judging team has about 35 members, some with extensive 4-H experience and others just wanting to learn and have some fun. There's obviously the more experienced people and then there's some who just want to learn more about livestock and learn about evaluating different species. So we're kind of all ranges of uh, expertise and you don't have to just be in agriculture. You can be from any program at the University of Saskatchewan to join the judging team. Chase says the intercollegiate competitions are a step up from 4-H. When you get to these university competitions, it's a little bit more intense in terms of the cattle you're judging and what your reasons have to be. So it is a step up, but obviously that 4-H judging like I did as a kid, that uh, really helps you as you move into the college judging. So, um, Do you think you'll be a cattle judge uh, one day at uh, regional shows and things like that? I think so, yeah. That's kind of why I get into this judging deal. And uh, yeah, I would definitely be open to doing uh, those bigger shows like that. That's Chase Bruno, who captured first place in the intercollegiate livestock judging competition at Saskatoon's Prairieland Park on Saturday. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is the market update. We'll have a look at how grain prices at Viterra are doing for today so far. Also a look at the livestock report and the resource report. All that and much more coming up on the program. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is down $11.70 to $574.92 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down $5.63 at $316.93. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $447.60. Feed barley, $242.58. Chickpeas 1168.44, flax 591.04, lentils 777.50, oats 290.32, yellow peas 438.82, and feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down nine and a half cents to six dollars and ninety-four cents a bushel. You can find the grain prices, by the way, on saskagtoday.com. You can also uh, see Adam Picallo from PI Financial. Uh, he's got the future grain quotes every day. You can see it on saskagtoday.com, just below the Viterra grain prices. Coming up next is the Livestock Report here on Saskag Today. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Last week in our regular sale, we had 260 head on offer, and here's how it went. Good cows traded from 120 to 135. Medium cows, a dollar to a dollar twenty. Good heiferettes traded from 180 to 225. Sales up to 235. And the good bulls traded from 140 to 157. Upcoming sales this Thursday, February the 1st, we're going to have a pre sort internet sale with about 2,000 head on offer. And then next week, February the 8th, we're going to have a good 
winter bread cow sale here with two dispersals and some bread heifers on offer. For further information, give us a call, 773-3174. Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. And here's a look at the latest pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commentary for Monday, January 29th. Hams sold 7,900 hogs Friday, selling a range of $175 to $203 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,600 head, selling a range of $175 to $204 per CKG. Hams cash hog price today is up, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is up 25 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3449. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.42 cents U.S. Lean hog futures are starting the week off on a mixed note after seeing strength all last week. The nearby contracts out to July are lower, while August to the end of the year are trading slightly higher. This is a bit of a departure from what the market saw last week, where all trading days closed higher by the end of the session. As suspected, managed money was behind most of the strength, with last week's commitments of traders report showing managed money traders flipped to a net positive position for the first time in nine weeks. It is a function of managed money working both sides of the trade as they start to enter on the long side of the trade at the same time they are liquidating short positions. All told, managed money has bought 19,778 lean hog contracts since the beginning of the year, and that sort of volume is enough to make a difference in the futures. In the meantime, the market has stalled out a bit, but the good news is that if managed money traders keep on the same path of incrementally increasing long positions as the same time they liquidate short positions, ongoing support should be the result. Coming up next is the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Drought in Western Canada is putting pressure on hydroelectricity generation. Both BC and Manitoba rely heavily on hydropower for their electricity needs. However, reservoirs in both provinces are running low due to an ongoing drought. There's no danger of power shortages in either province because they can import electricity from other jurisdictions via transmission lines. But that can be costly, and Manitoba Hydro expects it will lose money this year. On the markets, the TSX is down 31 points at 21,093. The Dow is down 9 points to 38,099. Oil is down 73 cents at $77.28 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is trading at 74.40 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Monday's edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have yourself a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.